Let's go question by question, verse by verse. Uh, number one, uh, a question we get sometimes, uh, is every man the head of every woman? Because there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 3. It says, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman uh, is the man, and the head of Christ is God. So does the Bible teach that the head of every woman is, um, is man? And if that's the case, you know, does the Bible teach that all women should submit to all men? And I know for some of you, you're scratching my head. Why are you even talking about this? There are whole denominations that teach that. There are whole belief. I mean, I just ran into someone last week, disrespected my wife, came to the church, wouldn't listen to the women who were in authority that we had set up in the church, told one of our ushers later, I have a very hard time with any woman in leadership. And all that has to do with not studying the word and taking scriptures like this and not even knowing what they're saying or what they mean. Once again, 1 Corinthians 11.3. So that's why I'm on here ministering into this because, you know, there there are whole sections, even in our county, of people, very chauvinistic, don't think the women should do it, be silent in the church. And so that's why we're doing this today. So 1 Corinthians 11.3, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. So, uh, as I said earlier, many have just picked up a King James Version with no actual study, and uh, they formulated wrong thinking, wrong doctrine. I don't mean to take away from King James Version. I read the King James Version. I love King James. Um, But, you know, with no study of the word in any translation, you can get wrong thinking, you can get wrong doctrine. Now, look at this. Um, in this verse, 1 Corinthians eleven three, the word for man here is the Greek word aner. And that, in its simplest meaning, could mean man. That's why you have to study, especially the translators have a very weighty responsibility of taking into, into consideration context. And out of that coming up with what the, the, the passage is saying. But the Greek word here for man in 1 Corinthians eleven thirteen, where it says the head of every woman is, is the man, is the Greek word aner, which really in this context means husband. <laughs> and the same for the word, word woman. It's the Greek word uh, gyn, which means, uh, which means wife. That's actually what it means. So 1 Corinthians eleven three, where it's saying the head of woman is man, it's actually saying the head of, of the wife is the husband. And the head of Christ is God. Do you see with just a, a little bit of simple study how that kind of completely changes the thought here? Well, there are people who literally believe the head of every woman is man. And if you are a woman and I'm a man, you just need to bow down, submit, be obedient. And that's not what the Bible teaches at all. That's, that's called a jerk. <laughs> so um, Paul isn't saying that man is the head of every woman. Uh, when Eve was formed from Adam, God didn't take Adam, make him the head, and then created Eve out of his feet. No, man isn't the head of woman. But the husband is the head of the wife. The husband is the leader of his family. He's the head of the home. That's the authority structure that God set up for the family. Anything with no head is a freak, and anything with two heads is a monster. You can't have two heads of anything. There needs to be a leader. There needs to be a head. And God appointed the husband as the leader of the home. 1 Corinthians eleven thirteen isn't saying that woman is the head of every man, or, or that man is the head of every woman. It's saying that the husband is the head of his wife. 
And uh, Paul says the same thing in Ephesians 5, uh, verse 21. It says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife. Now, in the Greek, it's the same words, aner and dine. Same words, the same exact words uh, here as in Corinthians. So, uh, verse 23 in Ephesians 5. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Okay, so next one. (laughs) Should women be silent in the churches? Here's another verse. And again, some of you scratching your head if you just joined us, we're talking about the woman question. We're talking about different scriptures that deal with women in their place in the church. And I hope some of you are enjoying this. You can catch the replay on facebook.com slash the Should women be silent in the church? Now, some of you might scratch your head, but I know of churches in Ohio where the moment you're on the property, the women are not allowed to speak. And they take this verse, again, with no study, without rightly dividing the word, like the Bible says we're supposed to do. They just take a verse and uh, just, you know, formulate, once again, wrong thinking. you got to study to show yourself approved. You know, for me, I'm a pastor, and I'm a teacher at a Bible school, and we do many other things. We're on the radio. We do many other things. Anytime I teach something or preach something, I make sure that I have at least two to three scriptures to back up any thought that I'm saying. I I take extra care for that. We have to study. Should women be silent in the churches? Uh, Is that what the Bible teaches? God just gave women mouths and then said, don't use it. Or, no, you can use it in the world, but when you come in the church, you cannot use it. You can only use it in the world for the devil. No, come on. Really? Um, it's, you know, what's sad is there are some people who don't know how to study the word and they're left up to the mercy of their pastor. And sometimes even pastors have been taught wrong. You know, I tell people, you know, sometimes we have to unlearn the wrong thing before we can relearn the correct thing. I mean, we just had a guy tell, I, I forgot who it was, some lady at our church. He, this guy does not go to our church, he, but he's a, I believe he's a pastor. He has some role in ministry. <laughs> this dude told, uh... Some lady at our church, you know, what, once you're married and past a certain age, you need to cut your hair. And, and he believed that's what God wanted. That's what the Bible teaches. You know, there's an attack. Um, when you see all the gender garbage that's happening, you know, the gender, you know, the people, just however many genders there are in the world now that they're saying like 300 different genders. My goodness, the Bible only teaches two. But I, I want to tell you, there's an attack on women. The devil wants to muzzle women. The devil wants to, uh, you know, make it to where women aren't, aren't preaching the gospel or, or being used in spiritual giftings that God has put on their life. There's an attack. So should women keep silent in the churches? 1 Corinthians 14, 34, it says, Let your women keep silent in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience as saith the law. Again, now if you're just joining, we just dealt with this word woman in the Greek is actually the word wife. In the King James, it's translated, let your woman be silent in the church. Uh, in, in the actual Greek, in the course of modern translations, uh, it, it's actually better translated as, as the word wife. 
And so what he's saying here is let your wife keep silent in the, ch in the churches, which will go on to say what, what he was dealing with in the situation. Because if you are married, you do not have to keep silent in the church. That's not what the Bible teaches. So uh, it goes on to say, it's, you know, let your women keep silent in the churches for it's not permitted unto them to speak. It says in the next verse, and here's how we also know that this word woman is the word wife, is it says, for if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for a woman to speak in the church. So, okay, so he goes on to say, if the women have a question, go ask their husbands at home. Well, not every woman is married. <laughs> So is the Bible saying that only married women should stay silent in the church? No, that's not what he's saying at all. He's saying, let your women, of course, that word woman means wife, keep silent in the churches. Paul was dealing with an issue in this verse. And of course, again, if you go study the, the culture, you study the time, you study how church was done. Men would sit on one side. During this time, women would sit on the other. It was a lot to do with their culture and how things were. And during that time, the women did not have the same education as a man. It was very rare for a woman to have the same education as a man. And so that's why later verses, Paul's talking about women shouldn't have a place of teaching. You know, they need to, you know, they shouldn't be teaching because they didn't have the same level of education. They, that's just how it was. So men sit on one side, women sit on the other during this time, and when the wife would have a question, she would yell over to her, her husband, what did he mean by that? You know, if someone's preaching the word of God and you have a wife shouting over to her husband who's on the other side of the room, disrupting the service. So Paul was saying, please, let the women keep silent in the church. If they have a question, ask their husband at home. <laughs> and uh, and he said, that's a shame. Don't speak up in church like that. So he was dealing with an issue here. And uh, again, simple study can clear this up. Amen. I Why, why is this my job on the radio this morning? Live radio. <laughs> but again, unfortunately, there are whole denominations that teach. Um, like I said, and even in Ohio, they won't let, let women speak. That's demonic. That's not what the Bible teaches. That's so sad that there are people who believe that. Now, there's a similar verse in, in 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 15. Let the women learn in silence in all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor usurp authority over a man. Now, again, the word woman is the word wife in the, in the Greek. I would not suffer a wife to teach or usurp authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression, notwithstanding she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, charity, holiness, and sobriety. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. I have 10 minutes, so I can't unpack the whole thing. Um, but again, he's dealing with the wife. Um, again, in that day, women had little to no education. Paul advised wives if they would learn anything, they should ask their husbands at home thus implying men during that time were better informed than women. This is not always true today at all. I mean, uh, you know, early 1900s, you know, women got a lot more rights, which was awesome. Uh, but, you know, many, <laughs> so it's not true today that women don't have the same education as men. Many women today would die in hopeless ignorance of the principles of our faith if they depended on what some crude, half-baked husband would communicate to them. 
<laughs> Amen. In some situations, I would tell the husband, uh, just be silent in the church. If you, if you want to learn, ask your wife at home. <laughs> you know, it's a little different today. Amen. You got to study, not just these words, but you need to study different things, a culture. What was Paul dealing with? 1 Corinthians 11.5 says, But every woman that, that prayeth or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, for that uh, is even all one as if she were shaven. So why would Paul go on to say women should be silent, they shouldn't teach? But then he goes right around and says, uh, you know, gives instruction for how women should publicly pray and prophesy, which prophesy, you know, some people think prophesy means preach, which is wrong. Prophecy is a is a form or it's one level of preaching, but it's not doesn't mean just preaching. But it is a type of preaching. So Paul gives instruction for women to publicly pray, publicly prophesy, then turn around and say, now women be silent in the church. No, he's dealing with wives who were yelling over to their husbands. Okay, Psalm uh, 68 verse 11, it says, the Lord gave happy tidings. They are published by female messengers, a numerous host. So even in the Old Testament prophesies happy, glad tidings. What does that sound like? The good news and it being published by female messengers, numerous hosts. That's Psalm 68 and verse 11. The Lord gave happy tidings. They are published by female messengers, a numerous host. So here's some things to consider when we're talking about uh, women, their place in the church. Can women preach? Can women teach? Uh, yeah, absolutely they can teach. In fact, the first person to preach the gospel was a woman. Preaching just means to proclaim. Matthew 28 verse 1, it says at the end of the Sabbath, as it began to draw dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake and the angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. And his countenance was like lightning and his raiment was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became like dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear ye not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He's not here. He's risen. And uh, as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly. Tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy and did run to bring disciples word. Think about that. The first person to ever preach and communicate the gospel was women to the disciples. Number two, something else to consider with when it comes to women, their place in the church, Romans 16 and verse 7 talks about somebody by the name of Junia, who was a female apostle. Now in the government of God, in, in, uh, in the authority structure of the church, in, in church government, you could say, uh, apostles have authority over pastors. And there was a female apostle. Okay. Number three, it's something else to consider is in Romans 16 and verse 1, there was a woman by the name of Phoebe who was called a deacon in the church. She served as a deacon in the church. This is Romans. This is the same Paul who said women be, you know, people think he said was you know, teaching that women should be silent in the church. He wasn't. There was a woman apostle. There was a woman deacon. There were women preaching the gospel. Um, well, I'm going to conclude with this. I have six minutes. Now, obviously, in, in the little bit of time I have here, I can't unpack, go in depth, but we do have a Bible school that you should attend. 
Uh, but can women pastor? Now, I know some people, they believe, oh, well, yes, women can evangelize, women can exercise spiritual gifts, uh, women can be a deacon, uh, they can teach, you know, whatever. They can do, uh, you know, have an evangelistic ministry, but they can't pastor. God forbid they pastor, but they can do things that are just as complex and require sometimes more authority than a pastor. Yeah, makes sense. So, but can they? Well, I think common sense tells us. You know, the Bible talks about how under the New Testament, you know, and under Christ, there is not, there is no male, there is no female. And when you read in Scripture, wherever it says man, it's talking about mankind. Women is included also. Okay, common sense tells us if a woman can be an apostle, which is has a higher authority than pastor in church government. If a woman can serve as a deacon, if a woman can ex exercise spiritual giftings, if a woman can teach and preach with authority the gospel, which they can according to scriptures, then absolutely, yes. She can serve God as a pastor and speak and teach with authority if God's even called her to do that. If God's called her to do it, then yeah, absolutely, 100%. There are men I know who are pastoring. God's not called them the pastor. They shouldn't be anywhere near a pulpit or people or a microphone. And so, uh, you know, it, it goes boils down to what God's called you to do. If he's called you to do it, then you need to do it. And if he's not called you to do it, you don't need to do it. So anyway, I rest my case. I just I was just felt to come on here and share and, and teach a little bit. My name is Pastor Zachary Weber. This is Live Radio this morning. This is Life of Revival. I'm the pastor of the River Church. We want to invite you to come this morning. We're located at 494 Downtown or Plaza. Um, hallelujah. <laughs> God is so good. We're on every Sunday at 8:30. Isn't it so good to be saved? Isn't it so good to have Jesus living in your heart? Don't you want to worship him this morning? Don't stay at home. Join us this morning. We call our Sunday morning service the main event. We celebrate. Our Sundays are a little different. We're not just a traditional church. We celebrate everything that God's doing in our life. We believe in the power of the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God and the salvation. Paul said in the book of Romans, I fully preach the gospel in signs and wonders and miracles. We believe God still moves today. Jesus heals, Jesus saves, Jesus delivers, he sets free. Join us this morning. We're right next to the tractor supply in the movie theater. So come 10 a.m., um, bring a friend if you'd like. We have a great children's ministry, five star. I mean, go go on Facebook right now, facebook.com slash the River Coshocton. Scroll down a little bit and look at the video of our kids' church and tell me you don't want that to be your kid or your grandkids. It's amazing what God's doing in the kids' ministry. We have a little boy right now. He's led like, I, my wife told me last night, I forgot how many, it's like over 10 people to the Lord this year. He's led like his friends. He's telling them about Jesus. It's epic. So, um, yeah. Come this morning, the River Church, we'd love to see you there. Uh, TheRiverCushocton.com, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can, uh, you can uh, email us on there. Uh, I, think, uh, I think that's all that I have for you today. Hey, if you're listening today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today would be a great day to make a decision for Jesus. Maybe you're listening, you've grown cold and stale, you're not serving God the way that you should. Maybe there's something in between you and God, but I want you to just say this quick prayer with me with your heart and lips out loud. Say it with your mouth, 
meet it in your heart, believe it, and uh, and watch God move. Hallelujah. So if, if that's you, the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Would you pray this? I have less than a minute. Pray this with me with your heart and lips out loud. Say this. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Thank you that you died for me. I believe you've risen from the dead and you're coming back for me. Fill me with your spirit. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Come into my heart right now. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, get in touch with, with us, theriverkashockton.com. We'll see you this morning. God bless you. We'll see you next week as well, 8.30 a.m. Life of Revival Radio. We would love for you to join us at the River Church this morning at 10 a.m. For additional information about our church, you can go on our website at www.theriverkashockton.com. You can also follow us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash the River Coach Octon.